0: Hi David. Thanks for coming. You know, before we begin our conversation, why don't you introduce yourself?
1: Hi, my name is David. Uh, I graduated from California State University, Fullerton with a bachelor's in computer science. Um, and now I'm a software engineer for a rocket company.
0: Well, okay, if you say it like that, I think that's like the your one lighter at any party, don't you think?
1: <laughs> i mean i guess
0: really okay well i mean rocket company can you specifically say what company
1: yeah so i work for united launch alliance if you've ever heard of it
0: i'm not gonna lie i had to look it up
1: <laughs> that's okay yeah so united launch alliance has been around for a while now i think Probably three or four decades it started off as a as lockheed Martin and boeing and finally branched together as um united launch alliance just because they were like we need to start our own rocket company um so they've been around for a very 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 long time um we've had I think 145 successful launches so far and our success rate is a hundred percent so it's a there's a lot of history to this company um so I'm really glad to be here.
0: How long have you been working there?
1: I've been working here since April of this year so 2021.
0: Wow David you're you're a newbie.
1: I yeah I'm still fresh so I'm still learning a lot in this industry.
0: Well, I guess, you know, before we even, like, learn more about United Launch Alliance, why don't you tell us, like, what got you interested in, like, space?
1: Yeah, so I wasn't, I was never really interested in space uh, most of my life. You know, I I didn't really care much for it, or pretty much because I didn't really know anything about it. It wasn't until around October twenty, 29th no 2020 wait no this whole COVID thing got my dates messed up now (laughs) 2019 yes October of 2019 uh was when I got really interested in space I was doing a boot camp uh I was taking like a gap semester from college and just doing a boot camp just because I wanted to learn new skills and it kind of just got me thinking I was like what do i want to do like i'm about to graduate but i still don't know like what am i going to do with my life so i was just like exploring around different industries one night i was kind of just like watching youtube videos and then all of a sudden i came across this video of elon musk like doing a speech and like his whole vision of spacex and space exploration and and humans living on other planets and and that really got me motivated um that sparked my interest in space. And I started looking into other videos, trying to learn more about space and other companies and, and what's happening right now in space. And then I came across NASA's vision right now. They're trying to put astronauts back on the moon by 2024, um, trying to get everyone motivated about that, trying to motivate the younger generation to become astronauts or become engineers and you know the more i looked into everything that's happening in the space industry i was like wow this is super cool like i want to be a part of this like i want to push humans to become a multi-planet species you know soon we'll be living on the moon we'll be living on mars heck maybe we'll find some other planet out there and we'll try to live there as well so That's what really got me into space. You know, it it all started with just an Elon Musk video.
0: All right, so let's just edit the Elon Musk part out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, we can can leave the Elon Musk part in. I'm pretty sure they don't mind.
0: Wow, okay. So I had a very different assumption about why you got into space.
1: Really? What was your assumption?
0: So when we first met... Mm -hmm. and everyone was telling me that you're like the space guy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I assume that you you're like your whole life you're just like space. No, I, no. I, yeah. Not. Solar systems. No, I I don't know I don't even know why I said aliens, but like, you know, <laughs> all the different stars and something like that. And yeah. then you told me it's about two years ago. And I'm just like, wait, what?
1: yeah i mean it's i think growing up i you know there's a couple of things i've always wanted to be it was like first was like i want to be a video game designer um just because i played so many video games as a kid i was like you know what if i play so many games i'm pretty sure i'll be a good video game designer then i tried it i was like okay this is not for me <laughs> and then because i played so many video games i wanted to be a professional gamer i mean that's still always going to be like my lifelong dream to be a professional gamer but yeah growing up like space was not a part of my life at all um maybe it was just like how i grew up you know it's just space was not you know we have not we haven't been back to the moon since i think 1972 or 1974 whenever the last apollo mission was but ever since then like space was not covered as much in the news. So I didn't know anything about space um, until recently. So yeah, ever, ever since October 2019, in that first video that I watched on YouTube, I I just dived myself in, you know? I started watching what they call astronaut EVAs. Um, so like there's videos on the NASA channel that they live stream where astronauts will go outside of the ISS, the International Space Station, and they'll do like maintenance on it or they'll install something and it's like the coolest thing ever because like you see them getting to their suits you see them going outside and you literally see them just like floating around in space live and it's like the coolest thing ever so that sparked my interest and I just you know just started watching more youtube videos and live streams of rocket launches and that's that's what got me into space
0: So let me clarify, do you want to go to space or do you just want to be more in the background scene of helping people go to space?
1: I definitely do one day want to go into space, you know, so I think eventually, you know, I've had this thought, I thought about like, you know, I do want to try to pursue at least becoming an astronaut one day, so I'm going to try to pursue for my master's, um, because the requirements now, it's not like before where it's only a bachelor's. They require a master's now. It's become an astronaut. Um, so eventually one day, I, I want to try to pursue that and, and try to get myself out there in space. You know, I, I feel like that's such a cool thing to say. You know, it's like, yeah, I've been to space. I've been out there. You know, I feel like being an astronaut is like the coolest thing ever. Um, so yeah, eventually.
0: Dude, that's crazy. That is wild.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay, so then you are working for ULA uh, as an embedded software engineer. Correct. What does that mean? (laughs) What do you do exactly?
1: Yeah, so embedded software engineer. um, Embedded just means like you're working with like microcontrollers, or computers that are, like, just, like, these very small computers that are attached to something. So, like, say, for example, your car. Your car has embedded computers in it that just take in all this data from your car and be able to run your car. So, like, maybe, <clears throat> I think, I'm pretty sure, like, it runs your your power steering, you know, your radio, all the electronic stuff in your car is probably powered by an embedded computer. So it's just like this really tiny computer that is, in a sense, embedded into your car. <laughs> so my role as an embedded software engineer is to just make software for that. So we have dozens of, of small computers on our rocket that handle a bunch of things. Um, you know, it handles... All the telemetry, all the flight paths, um, handling uh, the engines, like everything on our rocket is powered by uh, a computer, some sort of computer, maybe one, two, maybe multiple computers, but it's powered by something. Um, and my job is just to make software for that.
0: Holy crap, I imagine there's like a lot of people then on oh, that yeah. one team.
1: Uh, I think so. I'm part of the ground software team where we make software for, like, the ground controllers. Um, and the ground control talks to the rocket pretty much, like, before the flight. Uh, so, we, like, we do, like, health checks on it. We run configurations on it. We make sure everything's correct before liftoff. Um, so it's really important that we get that right. I think our team... Actually, I don't even know how big our team is, but I'd say probably around 50 to 100 people, somewhere around there in the ground software team. And, and that's just the ground software. You know, There's also multiple other teams like flight software. Um, we have all the mechanical engineers. We have all like the fluids engineers. So I think altogether, ULA is probably... I think they told me they're probably 3,000 strong. Wow. Yeah, so it, it definitely takes a whole village to to launch a rocket it's it's very complex
0: (laughs) so when you first applied for this role uh did you intend to be an embedded software engineer or did you want some like another role
1: i i was definitely looking towards being a software engineer um mainly just because you know i came out of college as a computer scientist you know i've been programming for like the last seven eight years i was like you know what Yes, this is probably the role that I should probably apply for, a software engineer. <laughs> I definitely pursued other roles as well when I was applying. Um, I was applying for, like, systems engineer, which pretty much just, like, kind of designs the systems. Um, and I was looking into, like, project management roles as well just because I, I feel like I'm a pretty good leader. I've been learning a lot about project management um, that I want to try to pursue that as well. Okay, so
0: let me ask you: If you want, wait, so how many aerospace companies are in the U.S. or, or a ballpark number?
1: Oh, that's a good question. There's so many. Um, in terms of rockets, uh, let's see. Well, so there's United Launch Alliance. There's SpaceX. There's the upcoming Blue Origin, there's Firefly, there's Astra, there's Rocket Labs. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's like several other companies out there right now that are trying to make rockets as well. Um, But some of those that I just named are are the most well-known ones. Um, Right now, the only ones that are launching rockets successfully is SpaceX and United Launch Alliance and rocket labs um blue origin is right there with us they just completed their test flight with jeff bezos um that was pretty cool and oh and there's virgin galactic um who launched their rocket uh with who's that guy from virgin galactic i forgot his name that really rich guy
0: (laughs) are you talking about the virgin company the ceo yeah crap i know who you're talking about i just i'm blanking on the name though
1: I totally forgot his name, but that guy—the guy, guy looks—he looks like a cowboy. He's so cool. <laughs> he has that super nice, shiny white hair. He's so cool. So uh, yeah, he—he yeah, he launched a, a rocket recently and got uh, an orbit around Earth. So that was pretty cool. Uh, so him and him and Jeff Bezos were battling out about who would be the first man in space. But uh, that was pretty cool. But, yeah. So there's there's tons of rocket companies out there. There's tons of aerospace companies in particular as well. Um it's I mean even like I'm pretty sure most companies themselves, like SpaceX, us, United Launch Alliance and, and the other rocket companies, like we outsource a lot of things. We we pull in we buy a lot of products from other aerospace companies as well. So like United Launch Alliance, we're making a new rocket called the Vulcan. Um that's supposed to launch next year. Or uh, yeah, next, yeah, yeah, next year. Yeah, so we're making a new rocket that's supposed to be launching next year called Vulcan. Um, and we're actually going to be using Blue Origin Engines. So the rocket company or the rocket industry itself, like we all kind of support each other uh, one way or another.
0: That's interesting. That was actually the question I was going to ask. Like if, if everyone is on the same page of wanting to go to space, it's like I'm wondering why is there so many different companies. Why not just all work together?
1: exactly um there's it's that's a good question <laughs> definitely i feel like if we all work together we probably you know we would probably be on mars already somehow but maybe that's how i mean i think that's how maybe the nasa effort is with artemis um so if you don't know about do you know about artemis program
0: i know the wiki one-liner version <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah so the artemis program is nasa's goal to get back on the moon by 2024 um but the way they're doing it is is very interesting so they're making so the booster part like the bottom part of the rocket where you know the all the flamey part comes out <laughs> so i believe that's made purely by nasa uh that's called the sls but then we have the second stage. Uh, so like the upper part of the rocket um so you, like there's like when you launch a rocket the booster part is supposed to push up and get us out into atmosphere and then it breaks off and then you so, so then you have the second stage so the second stage is made by us at United Launch Alliance um that's pretty cool and then on top of that I think the capsule itself god I can't remember who makes the capsule capsule but whoever's gonna hold the astronauts i believe it might be it's either nasa's making itself or it might even be boeing might be boeing i can't remember but but the whole nasa effort with artemis is is comprised of several different companies um i mean even the lander for the moon is going to be by a totally different company i think i think spacex won that contract yeah so spacex is going to make a lander for the moon so yeah so i mean just like you said you know when it comes to nasa efforts like it's always going to be multiple different companies coming together um for one goal um but in terms of what you're saying like why are all these different companies like making their own rockets it's probably because we're trying to commercialize aerospace um no longer is it going to be, like, just only for, like, military purposes or space exploration by just the government. Um, we're really trying to push an effort in the space industry to commercialize and, and get even just, like, the average human being out into space. Um, so, that's partly why there's a bunch of rocket companies popping up now. So, they just want to be a part of this as well. It's, it's, it's you know, it's, uh, what's that word? It's, uh... With the C God, why am I blinking out right now? Um maybe it doesn't start with the C. Anyways. Yeah, so there's different rocket companies right now just because they just want to commercialize and be a part of that market. Um just to get average humans out in space. Um and even just like your everyday like if you want to make a satellite and you wanna launch you wanna launch that, you can do that too. So yeah, it's not limited to government contracts anymore. So, if
0: we specifically talk about United Launch Alliance, mm-hmm. from the from what I read, Atlas and Delta are the two most famous rockets, right? Correct. Okay, so what are their roles? Is it for human space flight, or is it for something else?
1: Um, so Delta, yeah, Delta and Atlas are our oldest rockets. We call them our heritage rockets um so delta delta is actually going to be flown out three more times and then it's it's done we're not making any more deltas um that's sad (laughs) yeah just it's probably because it's a very old rocket we want to modernize our rockets which is why we're making the vulcan one um delta and atlas were pretty much only for like satellites uh i think delta delta has flown a lot of very big missions to mars i think every mission that we have sent to mars um has been flown out on delta um so a lot of interplanet planetary missions atlas right now we are testing to fly uh with boeing's capsule so Boeing's making a capsule um, that we're gonna launch on Atlas and Vulcan. And they're gonna be just launching to the International Space Station. Um, but for the most part, other than that, I think, yeah, Atlas was has just been satellites. Um, I think Delta's the one that is the really cool one that launched pretty much all the rovers to Mars. So that's pretty cool. I think we we launched a rover to Mars last year in 2020. So, that's pretty cool. But Yeah, for the most part it was it's mainly just satellites. We haven't launched humans yet on any of those rockets, but we will soon.
0: Wait, wait. Okay. You said last year. So, how long does it actually take to build a rocket and prep it all and then actually launch it to space?
1: Yeah, so that's a great question. So, to make a rocket um for us, it takes about two years. So from when we sign the contract with our customer, we start making the rocket, it takes about two years. Um, I think the fastest we've done from what I've heard is six months turnaround. Um, and I think that's probably just because we use parts from a different rocket. Um, yeah, so it takes about two years to, to make and finalize and manufacture the rocket. And then from there comes to launch day, you know, so we do uh, wet dress rehearsals. We check everything on the rocket, make sure it's properly configured. Um, if there's any problems with the rocket, that's why we do a wet dress rehearsal so that uh, we can find all those problems, fix those, fix those problems before the launch. And we usually do that like two weeks beforehand. Um, so we, did, we just did one recently for a, a satellite that we're launching um so we find the problems we fix them and then day of launch takes about two weeks later so probably after manufacturing if the customers uh i guess in this sense probably a satellite if their customer is ready to launch then it probably takes about a month after everything's done probably a month or two because we also have to ship down the rocket from i think from alabama yeah so turnaround, yeah, two months. or sorry, not two months. Uh, two years plus minus one to three months. So it takes a while.
0: And and you worked on this recent project, would you say? Or,
1: uh, so I don't do anything with the manufacturing per se, but I, I did help with a wet dress rehearsal, um, this this recent week.
0: What is a wet dress rehearsal?
1: So a wet dress rehearsal is when we pretty much, we. Do everything that we would do on launch day except we don't launch the rocket itself <laughs> yeah, so we check the configuration everything make sure everything's proper um and then we go through each and every step that we would on launch day so we load up the tanks um we check that the tanks are proper the right temperature they're fully loaded and then we we test the rolling out of the rocket so the rocket's kind of like it's in in its own like little garage you'd say and then you roll it out to the pad where you would actually launch it so we do that and then we just start the countdown clock and we get the countdown clock all the way down to zero and it gets down to zero with no errors or any alarms and cool that's a success like our rocket is ready to launch um and then we roll it back we detank it and it goes back into the garage until we're ready for launch day.
0: Hey, hey, is the clock, the countdown clock, just like the movies? <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, pretty much. It is pretty much like the movies. Like, we get down to like T minus four minutes, and then we all do a hold. Um, and then we pull like all the operators. Like, are we ready to launch? Everyone says go. Yes, we're ready for launch. And then I think the launch director or conductor is like. You're good to go. You're ready to launch this rocket. And then we start the countdown clock. And then the computer takes over. And we have like that anticipated moment. Like we're in the launch room. We're just staring at like this uh, video feed of the rocket. And we hear the countdown coming down over the radio like 10, 9. And it gets down to 3, 2, 1. And then we have liftoff. And that's like the coolest thing ever. So it's exactly like the movies.
0: All right, so you got to tell us, like, experience. I know it's a, a wet, was it dry run, wet run, sorry. Wet,
1: <laughs> wet dress rehearsal.
0: <laughs> wet dress rehearsal. Was it exciting? Like, what was going through your mind? Uh,
1: so, wet dress rehearsal is not as, you know, exciting as it is on launch day. So, so, for launch day, though, so I've been through uh, two launches so far since I've started here. And... Each time, it's like the coolest thing ever because you're just in that room. Um, Say you're launching the rocket at like 1 p.m. You're in that room at like 4, 3 or 4 a.m. Just getting everything ready, getting the rocket ready. Um, So when I say room, it's the mission control room. So we have several different mission control rooms. We have two in Denver um, and then one down at the pad at cape canaveral or wherever we're launching um so my responsibility is to shadow an operator so with with ground software we're just kind of like we have a simulated run as well while they're doing their their launch so everything that they do we do in the simulation as well um because we have we have an exact replica of the rocket like in our lab which is pretty cool um, so we, everything the operator does, we do, and it comes down to pretty much when we get to that countdown, it's like, okay, we're ready, Peter's taking over, and everyone's kind of just like silent, we're just waiting and waiting and waiting, and then we hear the countdown over the radio, 10, 9, 8, 7, 5, 3, 2, 1, and then when you hear like rocket has liftoff it's like everyone's like yes we've done it <laughs> like rocket is gone but then you still have to wait because the mission's not over yet the mission's not over until you know the satellites in orbit and the rocket um comes back down and blows up and goes into the ocean so but that countdown is, is it's always like i get chills every time
0: I was I was just imagining it, and I was just like, "Oh my gosh, that's that's just like like an unforgettable, like priceless moment right there."
1: Yeah, it's it's the the last like the countdown is always like the scariest part because like you just everyone's just holding their breath and just waiting. It's like, yes, please, please, rocket, just go up. Like we know it's gonna go up, but it's like you never know. Like those little moments, and it's like the moment it just lifts off and you see it for yourself. Like, oh. It's just a moment of relief.
0: So then I know you mentioned it briefly, but is a successful launch, the rocket actually like launching off the launch pad or is it coming back down and then like you said, like exploding and like all of that?
1: So a successful launch would just be when um, our customers, whatever it is, a satellite is into an orbit that they that they like, that they asked for. Um, so the moment that the satellite gets in orbit and we see it's a good orbit, and it's like, all right, that's mission success.
0: Can you share like what an example customer would be like? Why would they want to put a satellite satellite into space?
1: Yeah, so we always have some several customers. Um, like half of it mainly is is like government contracts. So we'll have uh, customers that I guess recently we launched a GPS satellite. Uh, for the military but it's also a gps satellite that can be commercialized as well so that so all the gps that's happening right now for all of us like on our phone like when we're using google maps and all that that's using gps from military satellites you know because the military only uses probably like i'd say one to ten percent of its capability and then the other 90 percent they kind of just sell it out to other people at least that's from what i understand um some other products too is just um You know, science projects, so science satellites will send satellites into space that take pictures of Earth. Um, They'll take like infrared images or maybe some other types of images and they get to study those uh, images in the lab. Um, So we work a lot with scientists, send those satellites out. and I guess one of the cool things that I mentioned earlier is we sent a rover to Mars. So we do a lot of science projects as well as military contracts and hopefully soon a lot of commercialized human spaceflight projects as well.
0: So I don't know if you may not know this, and I don't know if this is also just <laughs> a very just uh, obvious question, but how do you get a satellite to come back like, like once you're done with it?
1: <laughs> yeah, so satellites usually they'll have some sort of propulsion system on it itself. Um, I believe it's like probably liquid nitrogen or something. or uh, yeah, it's probably liquid nitrogen or maybe liquid oxygen, something like that. But it has some sort of propulsion system on on the satellite where it can adjust itself in orbit. So most satellites still fly for several years, uh, you know, maybe even several decades um because it has that but for some it will just eventually fall down into earth and like into the ocean and just burn up or probably not even reach the ocean but it'll just burn up in the atmosphere um besides like that you know because in an orbit if you don't understand it it's, it's you're just constantly free falling you just but you're free falling to the point where you're just you're missing earth so that's why you're constantly falling but eventually gravity pulls you in a little bit closer and closer so then the satellite will eventually fall down and just burn up in the atmosphere Um, but most satellites they'll stay up for a very very long time just because they have propulsion systems on it they'll adjust its course uh, so they can stay up there for like several decades
0: whoa that's cool i did not know that okay and so i know you mentioned to me before we started this podcast that like you're going into the office Mm-hmm. is your role more like independent or do you th- are you like constantly having to like talk with your team
1: oh i'm constantly working with the team constantly talking to other people um and, it, and that goes for everyone else in in the team as well you know it's it's a very team-oriented space, um just because there's a lot of things that you have to understand about the rocket that may, that you may not understand, but someone else does, you know? So you're constantly always asking other people questions, um, constantly asking people, Hey, can you review my code? Or you're constantly asking like, Hey, how does this work? Um, you're even talking to like people from down at Cape Canaveral, like you're, you're talking to launch operators. You're talking to people from finance. You're talking to people from marketing, from engineering. Like you're constantly talking to several people outside your team and within your team. You know, it's like I said earlier, you know, it, it takes a whole village to launch a rocket.
0: Wow. Okay. This makes sense why you cannot do remote work.
1: Yeah, it's very hard to do remote work. Uh, I know several people from other teams can, but uh, for anything engineering, it's, it's very hard to do remote
0: and what would you say have you enjoyed so far, you know, with this new role?
1: I've definitely enjoyed just, just learning everything about the rocket, about the industry, just being involved in it. Um, I mean, probably the most fun part is just helping with those launches. You know, it's just that feeling of seeing that rocket launch off. And it's like, ooh, yes, I had a little bit part of that. <laughs> it's like, that's so cool.
0: Uh I'm surprised you have not, like, flexed it to, you know, (laughs) (laughs) my Discord channel and be like, hey, I just helped launch this. Uh,
1: You know, I I try to be humble, you know. It's like, day it's like, it's a rocket. (laughs) I had a very little small part of it, so.
0: Whoa, I mean, it's like, you know, a movie comes comes on at the very end, all those credits. It's like, your name is on there. If it was, like, a movie.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I could probably like that but you know i just try to stay humble you know i don't know everything just yet so one day one day maybe when i become an astronaut i'll flex to the discord be like hey i'm i'm sending this message from space
0: <laughs> david i'm gonna um like dm you and just just like hey what, what's it like up there <laughs>
1: <laughs> well you know just floating around
0: <laughs> and wait okay so now, this is also a question that's popped up in my head. Of you said that it takes a couple of years to make a a rocket. Mm-hmm. How much does it cost to make one then?
1: Yeah, so a rocket can cost anywhere between two hundred to three hundred fifty million. Oh my gosh, uh, for a rocket, yeah, so it's quite pricey.
0: That is crazy. So, what about a, a rover?
1: The rover? That's a good question. How much does the rover cost? Let's see. The rover itself, so I just Googled, cost. the r- most recent one, Perseverance, uh, which we've nicknamed Percy, cost $2.4 billion. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's a very, very expensive uh, thing we're launching. So... Wow, that is... Good thing we, we get our rockets right.
0: Yeah, and okay, so I know these rockets and rovers have some like badass names, but who comes up with them?
1: That's a good... So Atlas and Delta, I'm not sure. I think Vulcan, I think we, they said it was kind of just like a... They did a poll, and they just pulled the the coolest name, I think. But for Perseverance, I, the coolest thing about that was they named it from i think they did a middle school and high school essay competition and they kind of just decided on that and perseverance won okay
0: <laughs> when you said you pulled it though i just imagine that it's just uh you just people just came up with a number of choices like and then you just choose a b c or d
1: yeah i think it was exactly that i, I, I I don't know exactly, but I'm pretty sure, like, our CEO kind of just asked around, like, hey, come up some names and we'll choose one.
0: <laughs> um, are there any rockets or launches we, we, the general public, should be looking out for?
1: Yeah, so, we'll actually, we have a couple launches. Um, if you guys want to see the schedule for the launch, you can just go to ulalaunch.com. And um, we'll, we have pretty much all the launches we have in the in the upcoming months. Uh, actually, in a couple of weeks, I don't know when this podcast is going to come out, but September sixteenth is around the date of our next launch. We're launching a, a I think a satellite called Landsat nine. I'm not sure where the satellite is. It might be one of those science science satellites. I'm not sure. I'll have to look into it. But after that, we'll also have Lucy. Um. Lucy is a really, really, really cool satellite mission that we're launching. That's gonna go and survey the asteroids. So we're going to the Trojan Belt, uh, and it's coming back around. I think it's it might even go to like survey Jupiter. I might be wrong, but I definitely know it's it's surveying a lot of things and it's going pretty much all around our planetary system. Um, and then soon, eventually, we'll be trying out OFT-2, which is our orbital flight test number two, which we're working with Boeing to launch your capsule into orbit and try to dock with the International Space Station uh, without humans. So that'll be within the next few months. I know mean, we tried last month, but uh, there were some issues with Boeing, Boeing's capsule. Um, so in a couple months, we'll get that launched and into orbit. Um, and then after that, hopefully, we'll be launching humans pretty soon.
0: Wow. I already put this down in my calendar. Um, <laughs> so September 16th. Yep. Remind us. Can you just put all over your like Instagram and Discord?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'll definitely put it on my story. But yeah, I believe September 16th should be our next launch. Or actually, so the website says September 23rd. All right, so, so
0: David is that. David's unreliable. It's, uh, I'm there's,
1: just kidding. There, there's been some things that's been going on in the industry that everything's pushed back, so we we're because of covid, you know we've been low on um on liquid oxygen. Oh, I heard so, that. yeah, yeah, so it, the hospitals need liquid oxygen, so we've kind of just pushed back most of our uh, most of our launches so that we can accommodate to that. Um, so yeah, but yeah, sometime this month. We'll have a launch.
0: <laughs> All right, this month, everyone, mark your calendar. Sometime this month, David will make an announcement.
1: Yep. And if not, you can go to um, ULA's Twitter. It's pretty cool. Or you can go to Tori Bruno, our CEO. Go to his Twitter. He's very active. So if you have any questions to him, definitely tweet at him. He will reply.
0: Well, we're we're out of time now, but thank you again for coming on and. I hope everyone enjoyed today's podcast.